Until I say what he did, there is no power released in my life to bring forth the transformation. Are you with me? Say, I got to say it. I have to say it. Life and death is in the power of my tongue. The Bible said the word of God is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. It's right here. Jesus is the word. And he's right here, ready to perform. He's right here. He says, speak. I'll take you into this promised land. I've given it to you. It's near you. Just speak it and believe it. Amen? All right. So let's address some of those, some of those false definitions. Gender. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, it says, what does it say? For as many of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. When you were born again, when Jesus went to the cross, the entire human race was in him. And they were baptized or tied, died with him into his death. When he died, they died. And when he was raised up, you and I were raised up together with him. Now, the world that is not born again, they're still dead in their trespasses and sins, okay? But when you get born again, you, you, the Bible says you were raised up together with him and made to sit together with him and so on. All right. So as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You've put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, West Indian or Canadian, or American, or Australian, or English, or British, or Arabic. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. For all are one in Christ. There's that oneness. In other words, in other words, it's saying, you are not to be defined by your gender, by your race, by your ethnicity. You are not to be defined by your, your historical genes. What, this one's in the family. These, this particular family seems to have this weakness in this area. Therefore, you're going to have the same weakness. You're going to have the same bondage. You're going to have the same sickness. The bloodline has changed. You've been born again. You are now, you have now put on Christ. So, the thing is, here we have gender. We have these definitions, but what's the answer? The answer is, I'm being baptized into Christ. I've put on Christ. The answer is Galatians 3.27. Culture. Sometimes you say, well, this is my background. This is the culture that I came from. Or, or, or I belong to this association. Or I belong to the Lions group. Or, or, or to this alumni. And, and, and because I'm part of this alumni or whatever the case is, that's who I am. Uh, you know, this is, uh, and, and we get our definition from that. We are defined by that. How much education I had. But the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 that they sung a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof because you have redeemed us to God out of every kindred. In other words, whether you're from this tribe or that tribe or the other tribe, every tongue, whatever language, whatever culture, you've been redeemed out of that. Every people group, every ethnic group, it's not about black and white and Chinese or any other such thing. And every nation. So you've been delivered from all of that. And you're redeemed unto God. And we are now kings and priests unto God. Amen. He said but what about my history? 
People, the devil would love wants to make people be defined by their history, what has happened in their lives, the experience that they've had, whether they were bullied or abused, or, or whether or whether their parents were in jail, or whether they grew up in a home without a without a father, without a mother, whether they were orphans, or whatever the case is, or if they lived, or, or whether they themselves were a drunk at some point. Whether they were a drug addict, whether they were a prostitute, whether their the, the history is one of failure. And those things can strangle them. And the devil would use that, accuse them, belittle them. Give them an inferiority complex and everything else. But what does it say about those old things? The Bible says, if any man's in Christ, he's a what? New creation. And what? Old things have passed away. Therefore, Philippians 3 verse 13 says, forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are before. In, in Isaiah it says, um, forget, remember you not the former things. Well, why? Am I just playing games to decide I'm not going to accept my history? I'm not going to talk about any of that? No, 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 I'm not playing games at all. What am I doing? I am simply looking at who I am in Christ. And because it's like here I am, I'm a new man, I am in Christ, and I'm standing in that new creation. I'm standing in this new creation that is just made up of Christ and made up of all of these truths that I learned. And from there, I'm looking. And from there, when, when I look inside this new creation, I see there's no history. I see all things. Of, I, see, I see there is no history. I have no history in this life. I have no, no earthly bloodline whatsoever. I only have one father. And it's, my, and it's God. I'm no longer, I'm in the world but not of the world. Turn with me. Um, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's, let's look at this for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Say, I'm free. You see, the thing is this. There's a verse of scripture which we're going to come to, but let me quote it right now. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9 says, The love of Christ constrains me, and we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and they which live should not live unto themselves, etc., etc. And then it goes on and talks in verse 17 about every man being, an, about being a new creation. But it says, the love of Christ constrains me, and I, and I thus judge. From this place where I am in Christ, from this place from the love of God, from in here, this is where I judge. This is where I discern. This is where I'm getting the truth from. This is what, how I, I'm seeing things, and this is where I'm speaking from. In Christ, say in Christ. In him I live and move and have my being. That's where my identity is, and it's from there I'm going to speak. Now watch this. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1 said, verse 5. God says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And, bef and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. I set you apart and I anointed you. And then said I, Lord, but I'm a child and I can't speak. Because God says, I'm going to send you to the nations. He says, I cannot speak because I'm a child. But the Lord said unto him, say not, I'm a child. Don't speak from your reasoning. Don't speak from that, from that arena. But what shall, but for you shall go to all that I shall send thee, and whatever I command thee, that's what you're going to speak. 
You're not going to speak what seems to make sense to you. I'm a child. I, I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. I come from this particular family. This is my background. These are the problems that I have. God, don't you know? Don't you know what runs in my... God says, no, 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 no. Don't speak from that. You are going to speak whatever I command you. You're not even going to speak according to your own choosing. You're going to speak in obedience to what you hear from me. Whatever you hear, that shall you speak. And he says, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. Watch this. God says, I've set you to pull down, root down, etc. We have a script in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse 3 to 5 to 6, where it says, even though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. What for? For the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, and tearing down every high-minded thing, and bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ, making everything obey the life of Christ in you. You see, what you and I have to do, we're going to have to go to war. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We got to go to war and we got to make all of those false identifications bow to the life of Christ and the truth of who we are on the inside. We got to make them bow by faith, by believing and speaking right. So God says, you're going to speak what I put in your mouth. You're going to speak my words and I'm going to make my word in your mouth like a hammer and like a fire. And your mouth is going to be like a polished shaft in my hand. Your mouth is going to be the extension of me. So he says, moreover, so God says, I've set you over to, to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build and plant. That's the and mind. That's what we're going to have to do if we're going to destroy these false um, identifications that want to keep you earthbound, keep you in the natural, keep you out of the destiny, keep you out of your inheritance so that you don't manifest the life of Christ and you don't have the victory that Jesus has paid for you to have. We have to destroy them. We got to go to war against them. Amen? God told Timothy, Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. He says, but the prophecies that have gone before you, war a good warfare. What God has spoken, the divine utterances, the promises, what God has said, take them and war with them, Timothy. Say there is a war. Amen. So it says in verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? What do you see? And I said, what do you see? And I said, I see. I see a rod of an almond tree. God, he says, I see. Then said the Lord unto me, you have well seen. You are seeing what I'm saying. And I will hasten my word to perform it. God said, I am going to perform what you're seeing. And what you are seeing is what you are saying. You say what you see, which is his word. Turn with me to Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk chapter 2. Because you see, when we talk about saying, the question is going to arise, how long do I keep saying? How long? Like, you know, like how long do I have to keep this up? Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Anybody find it? There's Habakkuk, just after Micah. <laughs> Nahum. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me. What he will, I will watch until I can see what he will say. That's why sometimes you got to meditate on the word long enough. So you can see what he says. I will watch to see what he will say unto me, and watch this now, and what I will answer. You see, once I can see what he says, then I know what I need to say. I know what I need to answer. And you see, many times it's an issue of answering. It's a, and it's an issue of responding as opposed to reacting. That we can't go there, but so that I will answer, know what to answer when I'm reproved. So I know what to say when I have the storm raging. So, um, so that I know what to say when the accusations come, when all these voices are coming at me. These voices from the past, these voices from my reputation, these voices from what the neighbors have to say, these voices that came from my parents, these voices that came from my failures, these voices that came from my, 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 my genetic history, these voices. What do I say? What do I answer? Because they're going to make all the difference. If I answer right and I speak according to his word, if I speak the truth, if I speak according to Christ in me, then what happened? He will watch over it to perform it. Are you, are you with me? Then the Holy Ghost, who was ordained and sent by God to manifest and give you the experience of the word that is preached, the word that you say. Amen? And the Lord answered and said unto me, write the vision, make it plain, that he may run that read it. You got it? Write it down. Make it clear. Why? Because this vision, what you have spoken, is for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak, and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Engrave it so plainly upon the tablets of your heart that everyone that passes by may be able to read it quickly and as he hastens by. For this vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens to the end of fulfillment, but it will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it. Wait expectantly for it. Because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand. It will happen. In other words then, how long do I keep saying it? I keep saying it until it's manifested. Hold fast to your confession without wavering. The Holy Ghost will bring forth that transformation. Amen? So, what does it look like? From inside my spirit. What does it look like if I judge? The love of Christ constrain me and this is what I judge. It's a place of total freedom. I am no longer in this place. From inside here, I'm not affected by people. 
I'm not affected by what they think. I'm not affected. I'm not intimidated. I'm not manipulated. Why am I not affected by people? Because 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, If one died for all, then were all dead. That means every person is crucified. If I see you as dead for my spirit, I see you as crucified and you are dead, how can you intimidate me? How can you manipulate me? How does what you feel on your opinion affect me? You have no effect on me because you're dead. How can that you make me feel inferior? You can't. Because from my perspective, you're dead. People are crucified to you. And you become unaffected by their influence. And every time, I mean, in relationships, sometimes things happen. And the only way you can stop yourself from reacting is by this, I'm dead. They're dead. They're crucified. They have no effect on me. I will not react. I know what to answer. I'll speak the word, but I will not react. I'm, I would only respond, respond and because they're dead. But now you see, when I start off saying that, man, everything within me wants to lash back, slap, fight, quarrel, react, defend. But if I keep saying that, if I keep believing and speaking the truth, they're crucified. They're crucified. I'm crucified. The Holy Spirit watches over that, performs it, and will manifest that word. And it will get to the point where indeed they are crucified to me. And I'm no longer affected. Now I don't even have to work at it. You just don't bother me. Just, it's just not an issue anymore. I can't be intimidated. Amen? Doesn't mean I don't love you. So you judge everyone crucified, and then you become free. Free from people, not affected. You're and then what about you? You yourself are crucified. I'm crucified with Christ. But if I'm crucified and I'm dead, then here, what am I offended about? Then now I become in a place where you can where I'm not offended. I'm not embarrassed. There is no shame. Shame over what? I'm dead. But this happened to you, that happened to you, I'm dead. Blame. Blame me? But blame. I'm dead. So here I am, I'm having fulfillment to Colossians 1.22. In his sight, I'm holy. I'm without blame. I'm without reproach. Recognition. I don't care about recognition. Why should I care? I'm dead. Recognition by who? You? You're dead. <laughs> right? Recognition, repetition. What repetition? I'm dead. The Bible says he loved not his life even unto death. Isn't that right? He made himself of no repetition. I'm crucified. They're crucified. And the world, the Bible says, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The reason why believers have problems in, con in not conforming to the world and they take the world's standards, this is what the world, this is how the world said that they should do it. And all the rules of the world, touch not this, not this and that. And the reason why is because they are trying to not conform to the world. In the meantime, they have not presented themselves they have not been crucified themselves. If you go back and you go read Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. Verse 2 says don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But verse 1 says present your body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. That's your reasonable service. In other words when I'm crucified. How does the world affect me? What they think? Look out for number 1. That's the world way of operating. How am I going to look out for number 1 when number 1 doesn't even exist? So now, 
I, I'm not affected. I'm dead to the world, etc., etc. And we could go on and the old nature, the addictions, the bondages in, in my life that I'm dealing with, that I've been dealing with. What does it say? Galatians 5 says, and verse 24, that if I belong to Christ, then I have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. But now you see, it says, I'm no longer under the law, but I'm under grace. In other words then, but these things are not going to work and it's not going to become my experience until I speak it. Until I speak to those false, lying, deceptive um, um, identifications. Until I speak to them and say, no, uh-uh, I'm crucified to you or whatever the case might be. Until I begin to speak the truth. Until I declare after this addiction has been trying to rip me apart and manipulate and guide my life. No, I've been I'm, 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 I belong to Christ and you, I'm crucified to you. You have no authority over me. And I said, but what about the law? Well, Jeromeans 5, 7 verse 4 says, I am dead to the law to the body of Christ. Which means I am not trusting on my own performance and my own works and my own ability. I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. Which means what? I have a supernatural ability. But when you talk that way, when you speak that truth, the Holy Ghost will manifest it. It will become your experience. That's freedom. Think about it. That is freedom. So you see, and, and this because of time, I'm going to end this here, because of time. So there is this tremendous freedom that is available. We can have this freedom. It's, the Bible says, stand fast in the liberty whereby Christ has made you free and don't be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5 verse 1. Don't be defined by all these other things and let them drag you down. But how do you do it? How do you do it? It's going to be by faith. And there's a war. You got to root down, pull down, tear down, bash down. You got to make these things submit to the life of Christ in you. How do you do it? It's going to be by faith. It's going to be by believing and by speaking. It's going to be by believing and by speaking. Amen? Now, there are going to be two huge enemies, and I'm going to get to that the next time I pick this up. There are two huge enemies that has to, two major enemies that must be dealt with. That are a hindrance to your faith, that is going to be a hindrance to use believing right and speaking right. Those two en enemies, enemies are number one, the spirit of offense. That Peter yielded to, that is referred to in Matthew chapter uh, 16 and verse 23. When Jesus had to say to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are an offense of, uh, unto me. For you save not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. There is that spirit of offense that is a problem. But we, I'll talk to you about how we can deal with that. And then the second one, and I think this is so huge. We have been sold to, in the body of Christ a lying deception that says... That we have a conscience that is able to discern between good and evil. That is what the devil said to Eve. You go eat from that tree the knowledge of good and evil. And you're going to be like God knowing good and evil. And when situations come you can evaluate it and make your own decision. So God redeem man and tell him what? Go operate in that same system that I cursed. Go operate in that system that the devil wants you to operate in. That's what the world operates in. You are your own moral agent. But it's not about choice. It is about obedience. As I hear, I answer. I answer according to what I hear, not according to what makes sense to me. These things that we're talking about don't make sense. They're not reasoning. They are the truth. And it is not about sense. It's not about logic. And the Bible says when you hear his voice, 
Don't harden your heart. Why? Because you see, when you hear his voice, all of a sudden, this conscience comes up and begin to evaluate. Should I do this? Is this me? Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? Should I or shouldn't I? What is in it for me? Is this going to work? And then we go through all that evaluation. And by the time we stay with that long enough, bam, unbelief shows up. Now we're wandering and we're wavering. And the Bible says if you wander and you waver, you're not going to receive from the Lord. So it says today if you hear my voice, don't fall into that trap. Today if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart as they did. Wondering maybe we are giants, they are giants, we are grasshoppers. No. If you hear his voice, obey. Paul, Paul when Paul, when, um, Paul was, um, was stoned, left for dead. God tell him, get up, go back into town and preach. Paul could be, what do you mean go back into town? Did people try to kill me? That don't make sense. But it's not about making sense. It's about the obedience of faith. I mean, God, I mean go, go into that lion's den. God didn't tell you you're going to shut the lion's mouth. But you get my point? It's about obedience. And it's the obedience of the faith that we need to come to. And until, so there is an element of faith... And then there is the hindrances to that faith, which has to do with offense and which has to do with a deceptive conscience. The truth of the matter is, and we're going to get to that, is that when we, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, right, that we have got a conscience that has been purged by blood. Hebrews 10 verse 2 talks about it, having no more consciousness of sin. The Bible says that conscience lives in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 9 verse 1. Paul says, I speak the truth in Christ, I lie not. The conscience bear me witness in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to have to reevaluate some stuff because there's some elements of deception and lies that comes our way that pollutes even some of the very truths and revelations that we have. And as a result of that, it moves us into a place of unbelief and as a result, we're wandering. Instead of being able to speak and declare boldly, we're wandering. Why? Unbelief has gotten in. Why? Because of a deceptive Conscience that tells us we are about choosing and choice and moral agent and right and wrong and evaluation. When all you need to do is hear and obey. Hear and speak. Whatever I hear, that shall I speak. Whatever I see, that will I do. But there is a place that God has for us. There is a freedom. There is a liberty. Amen? Let's stand for a moment. We're going to pick this up, but for right now, let's just do some things anyway. Hallelujah. Let's just pray for a little bit. Let's apply and speak some of what we just heard. He shake in the rabba rabba ramanangala. Put your hand on your heart here, on your spirit man for a moment. He shake in the rebekariandaya. And say this with me right now. I am speaking from my spirit. I'm speaking from my new life that is in Christ. This life is his life. It is the life of Christ. And I declare this is my identity. This is who I am. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. I have God's divine nature. I have the nature of Christ. I am righteous. I am holy. I am without blame. I am without reproach. This is who I am. In the name of Jesus. By the word of God. I sever every false identification 
off of my life. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. I sever it. I loosen myself from every blame. From every guilt. From every inferiority. In the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has washed me. And cleansed me. And made me pure and holy. I am washed. I am pure. I am holy. I am free from the past. I forget it. It's chopped off of my life. By the body of Christ. I was in him. And in the name of Jesus. Everything in my history. Everything that has to do with genes. It's gone. It doesn't apply to me. I have a new life. Jesus is my life. In him, I am free indeed. Jesus has made me free. He is my life. And I'm free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.